0: Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Across the Cavs. I am Zach Weiss, your host. And the Cavaliers coming off a tough loss to the Dallas Mavericks last night. Now, the Cavs, they had their ups. They were in the fight for much of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, the size of Kristaps and Boban and Luka Doncic just reminding us that he is just a ridiculous talent. For someone that cannot even legally sip a beer in America, well, he just he dominated. He he took over, and Dallas was just hard to stop. So look at the biggest problem-causers on this Mavericks squad for Cleveland yesterday. Muka Doncic, twenty-nine points, fourteen rebounds, and fifteen assists, hitting nine to seventeen from the floor, five of ten from three. Kristaps, eighteen points, nine rebounds, six blocks. Boban Marjanovic played 15 minutes last night and the team was plus 25 with him on the floor. 12 points and 8 rebounds, he's 7-4, he just literally drops the ball in the basket. Uh, it's his size is absurd. Delon Wright 8 points, 4 rebounds and 6 assists. Dallas hit 20 of 41 from downtown. They just could not miss from 3. The Cavs got a great game from Kevin Love, who finished with 29 points and 8 rebounds. 5 of 11 from deep, at all 6 of his free throws. Tristan going 3 of 9 at the line. He had his usual double-double, 11 and 12, but you can't miss 6 free throws. He missed 5 in a row at one point, and it definitely brought the Cavs down when they were missing. Jordan Clarkson, 17 points. He had 5 threes, 3 in a row early in the second quarter, but his success was not sustainable. In the second half, I would have liked to see a little more aggression out of him. Quiet day for Nance, 5 points, 4 rebounds. Garland and Sexton, a combined 7 of twenty-two, one of 8 from 3 for 19 points, 7 assists. They have got to be better. One thing they did well, though, they did not turn the ball over. Just 9 giveaways for the Wine and Golders. They kept the ball well without giving it away. So, in all, it was close. I mean, you had a couple of great defensive plays. Jordan Clarkson pinning a shot off the backboard. Tristan Thompson doing the same thing of Doncic in the first half. But, in all, he gave up 11 offensive rebounds, so you won that battle on the defensive glass. But Luka had four of those offensive rebounds. And, yeah, that's what he's Six foot seven. He's got good size. You need to pull down the boards and limit second-chance opportunities. The second-chance point is what really... Hurt the Cavs in this one, and all the points they gave up there were these really the main reason why they lost and what ultimately did them in. And they lost by 20, but it was a four-point game as the fourth quarter began. It was a 10-point deficit late in the third. Kevin Love knocked down a three. Cavs got a little momentum back, trimmed it to four, and it's pretty clear. One thing is very clear in Dallas: Luca and Kristaps are the duo to watch in the league right now, both of them just tearing it up, they were combined 9 of 14 from deep. they combined for 47 points and 23 rebounds, talk about the six blocks of Kristoffs. Luca back-to-back triple-doubles with 15 assists, he was one point off being the, he was already the youngest player with the 30-point 15-assist triple-double, he would have been the youngest player with back-to-back 30-point 15-assist triple-doubles, he is just unbelievable I don't give the Hawks any flack for trading Luca. they got a great player in Trey Young. Both teams have the guy that they need for their team. But it's, it's, it was just, Luca was putting on a show. And every time Colin Sexton would drive to the rim, he would try to get a little contact. And Kristaps would just say, no, over a foot taller than, than Colin, He was just denying all of his layups. And that's where he got a majority of his block. So here's what the Cavs really need to clean up. Coming into this game, you look at their ranks among the other 29 teams in the NBA. They commit the fifth most fouls in the league at about 19 per game. And on that path, you look at free throw attempts, folks. They are giving up the most in the league. No teams give up more free throws than the Cavaliers Second-most makes, first-most attempts. Luckily, a team, their opponents are shooting making just the 20th highest percent of the free throws compared to uh, teams around the NBA. But they have to clean that up. The more you're going to foul, the more physical they're going to play. There's going to be some fouls, but they have to clean it up. You should not be the team giving up the most free throw attempts in the league if you want to prove that you are a winner. And, and offensive rebounding. There was no way that the game would have gotten out of hand if the Cavs could have just closed down on the boards. Tristan can get most rebounds. Kevin Love can get most rebounds. And so can Larry Nance, although he didn't get too many of them yesterday. But everything. We're just taking a Dallas bounce. Mavericks getting this. Mavericks getting that. And again, it's an 82-game grind. Some days will be better than others, but you don't like to see how many times Luka Doncic, four offensive rebounds for a guard yesterday not something you like have five other players each grab one and Boban of course had a couple of offensive rebounds of his own have to defend the three-point line 23s for the Mavericks on 41 attempts and the Cavaliers took 48 themselves and made 18 they did most of their three-point work on the earlier part of the game with Brandon Knight coming on strong in the second half knocking in three from downtown. There's just so much to, to look back on and say. We could have done so much better. They did hold Dallas to just the 13 free throw attempts. So it's better than it had been the first five games. But it's the offensive rebounds that led to more points. You don't clean that up. It's not going to get better. And we're 2-4 and four now. This, year, this week's games. Not going to be too tough. Easier than last week. With challenges against the Pacers and Mavericks included. And so we move to one of John Beeline's key decisions in this game that did not pay off. About three minutes into the third quarter, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland both struggling offensively were taken out of the game. And Jordan Clarkson and Brandon Knight were inserted in. They would play the rest of of the third. Knight knocked down a couple of threes. He led the team with six assists. He was passing it well, overall minus six. But... This was a questionable decision. One thing we know about Colin Sexton, and he proved to us last year, he's always going to hustle, he's always going to get to the rim, and he'll never quit on a play. And with Darius Garland, he's not only getting too many chances, he's playing 25, 26 minutes a game. This could be because of the injuries coming off that he suffered at Vanderbilt, which limited him to just five games, his one season as a collegiate player. Or he's just getting some tough love from his coach. Garland, 26 minutes and 26 seconds. He was coming off an 0-10 performance and went 3-of-8. And another thing in regard to Garland Sexton, John Beeline does not seem to want to give Darius Garland the reins at the point guard spot. He wants him to serve as the off-ball guard. When he was playing with Jordan Clarkson, it was JC doing the ball handling when he plays with Delhi. Of course it's Delhi doing the ball handling. But Collin always the one... To bring it across the timeline, I'd love to just see Garland get some reps at point guard without Sexton and maybe even without Clarkson for a few minutes a game. So he can be the the shot creator. He can be the one to look for his own attempts. But I am not pro-benching these two guys. And they did stay in the game. They had a lead in the third quarter while Clarkson and Knight were in. But they're not better than either of those two guards. And Clarkson might be further along right now in his career than Garland. But there's no way... That Knight should be in for Sexton. And he's not a distributing point guard. He's an aggressive guy. He can handle the ball well. He makes some solid passes, although he needs to work on his decision making a little bit still in his second year. Decide when it's it should be a, a drive to the rim versus a jump shot. Know when to challenge the big men. If you can switch hands and finish inside. Four of fourteen will not cut it. And Darius Garland, three of eight. They combine to go seven of twenty-two. Whether or not Delhi plays tomorrow night is to be determined. And if it's Brandon Knight, he should not be getting 20 minutes. And also, Larry Nance, minus 33 net rating. Kevin Love was the only Cavalier in the positives with a plus 5. Of course, he was great all night. So that means that they were minus 25 in the 12 minutes and 54 seconds that he was off the floor. All right, next, we got three games on tap for Cleveland this week. Got the Celtics tomorrow. The Wizards on Friday and the Knicks on Sunday. These are all road games. So take it on Boston. They come in off a 104-102 win over the Knicks. And the Celtics are led by new star point guard Kemba Walker, who's averaging 26 points, 5 boards, 4 assists. Jason Tatum, who just made the winner against New York, averaging 22-8. Gordon Hayward, much better to start this season, getting more reps, 17 points, 8 boards, 4 assists. Jalen Brown is scoring 17, although he's missed the last couple of games with an injury. Daniel Tice has slid into the starting spot for Cantor over the last several games. He's doing a good job protecting the rim. And they've, <clears throat> they've had their moments. They've got some talented rookies and Grant Williams and Carson Edwards, who would not be getting a ton of minutes. We'll see. Probably get a good dose of Carson in this one, as the Celtics may want to give their younger guys some reps. And This is not going to be an easy one. Boston has begun their season with a 4-1 and one clip. They're scoring 109 points per game, and the defense has been stout. Fifth in points allowed. The key matchups for this one to watch are probably going to be Jetty Osman going against Jason Tatum and Colin Sexton against Kemba Walker. This is completely different from the Cavs-Celtics playoff series of a couple of years ago, and Boston's going to pack a punch, Kemba. Shooting 40%, but those 26 points per game, not far off his mark that he was averaging in Charlotte. We saw the clutch ability of Tatum hitting the winner. He's taking 20 shots a game. So everybody that's talking about Tatum's overrated, Tatum's that, he's not. For a five-game stretch to average 22 points, eight rebounds, almost two steals a game. He's showing his versatility. He's shooting 49% from three. And you gotta watch Boston. From the three-point line, speaking of, they don't rank among the tops in attempts. They rank 13th in percentage, however, and they love that. They have the fewest turnovers a game, so it's gonna be, going to be on Garland and Sexton, along with Osman defensively, to force turnovers. In order to get this win, I think you got to hold Kemba and Tatum each under 25. If they each get tw- between 20 and 24, you'll live with that. Watch for Gordon Hayward to have a big game. It's going to be a tough one. I think Boston ultimately gets the win. I think the Cavs, kind of like the Dallas contest, will be in it until the fourth quarter. And then the Celtics game planning and system under Brad Stevens will get them the W. we got the Wizards on Friday headed to D.C. They're 1-4 on the year. They had a wild 159-158. No overtime needed showdown this year with... The Houston Rockets. So, D.C. doing plenty wrong this year on defense. But they do rank 7th in scoring. And they rank 3rd in pace under Scott Brooks. Bradley Beal, signing that 2-year extension, has dominated. He's only shooting 40%, 22 shots a game. But he's getting 27, 5, and 6 assists a contest. He's making 3.4 threes per game. You have Davis Bertans coming off the bench. He is crushing it from deep. He is 19 out of 38 from downtown already, he's averaging 14 off the bench. Rui Hachimura, 15 a game. Isaiah Thomas in three games off the bench, 16.7 assists. Getting back into his Boston form, you have Thomas Bryant averaging a double-double. Mo Wagner's looked good. Everyone that plays for them has been solid. Although, with Ish Smith and Isaac Bonga in the starting lineup, there is plenty that can't be improved. So, the game plan for beating the Wizards is going to be pretty clear. Defense is not great. Obviously, no John Wall. If I'm Colin Sexton, I am attacking Isaiah Thomas every time I have the ball and I'm matched up on him. Yes, Isaiah might give me buckets on the other end, but he can score. He can knock them down, and Isaiah just gives up so much size at five foot nine inches. Darius Garland going against Beal. You know, do what you can. See if you can create off the dribble. Don't be afraid to take a couple of deep threes. He's been making them in his young career. And just try and keep Thomas Bryant off the glass. The Wizards are not a great offensive rebounding team. They rank 28th. They're the 30th rebounding team in the league overall. Outside of Bryant, no one is other than Bryant and Hachimura. No one's averaging more than four and a half rebounds a game. They don't get many second chances. Look for Tristan and Love to really be aggressive on the offensive glass on misses. They like able to take most of the shots. Hachimura gets a lot of opportunities. It's a pretty simple attack. Bryant's going to try the three ball a lot to so look for Thompson and do his best to cover him. It's really just stop Bradley Beal and you get the win. I think the Cavs do win. I think Kevin Love's going to go for 30 and 10 in this one. And that Jordan Clarkson will add 20 off the bench. Colin will be distributing. I think he'll get seven assists for Colin. That'll be a good number. He's struggled there. He had some big scoring games against the Wizards last year. So look for Clarkson, Love, and Sexton to lead the Cavs to the win. And the last game of the week will be against the New York Knickerbockers at Madison Square Garden on Sunday. 7.30 start. The Knicks are just 1-6 this year. The lone win coming against the Bulls. They are one of only two teams scoring under 100 points per game on average. Their one win this season came against Chicago. They were down 8 with 3.5 minutes and finished the game on a 15-0 run. They've had several injuries this year. They've been without Alfred Payton and Dennis Smith Jr. Reggie Bullock hasn't played. Taj Gibson's out of the rotation as of the last few games. So they've had three players start every game. R.J. Barrett is averaging eighteen point six boards, three assists. Marcus Morris averaging eighteen and five, and Julius Randle who has struggled to make an impact in New York like he did in New Orleans, and is sh- shooting just six percent. On 17 three-point attempts, just one make, he's averaging 13 points, 10 boards, and 5 assists. The 5 assists are nice, they lead the team, but he has some work to do on improving his game. It has not been pretty to watch the Knicks. RJ has played some point, but the assist numbers are not there. He is shooting just 48% from the line. And we look at the Knicks. They're always going to get attendance. They're 11th in that category. They shoot. The worst percentage on two pointers this year, the worst percentage on free throw attempts. They have the 26th most turnovers and the 28th most fouls. So there are some things that they are really going to have to clean up. They do defend the three point line decently, 16th best in percentage. They don't, the free throw attempts, there are for their opponents, despite all the fouls, rank near the bottom in total attempts. So, you know, they've had their moments, but they do not shoot the ball well. And with the lineup constantly changing, you never know who's going to be in the start. We saw, off, we saw Mitchell Robinson come off the bench yesterday. That was a huge surprise, folks. But you guess you can't really be shocked anymore when these kind of things happen with the Knicks. It's just it's been tough sledding for them this year. They're 1-6, and six, and this is a very winnable game. Mitchell Robinson will be protecting the paint. He's averaging his 2.2 blocks of contest, as we all expected. He's a great rim protector. Outside of that, they got nobody, really, to protect the rim. I'm the Cavs. I'm being aggressive. I'm going to the rack. Robinson and Marcus Morris have both had foul trouble all season. I want to get this thing to the paint. I want to score a lot inside. Look for love again to be dominant inside the post. I think this is a breakout game for Darius Garland against fellow rookie R.J. Barrett, who's still trying to get his feet under him on the the defensive end. Look for Tristan to have a tough battle with Robinson on the boards, but to ultimately do a solid job. I think this is another win for the Cavs. Darius Garland will have his first 20-point game. Kevin Love double-doubles. And this is going to be a win for the Cavs. This will give them a 2 and one week that will take them to 4-5 and five on the season. And we'll close out today. You ever wonder where the name Cavaliers comes from? The Cleveland Cavaliers have existed now. This is their 50th season. Back in 1970, fans voted Cavaliers the team nickname in a poll conducted by the Cleveland Plain Dealer, folks. The other names that were up there included the Jays, the Foresters, the Towers, and the Presidents. And the President's nickname, though, no. That was presumably an allusion to the fact that seven U.S. presidents, folks, were born in Ohio, second only to Virginia. So getting back to it, it was Jerry Tomko who suggested the Cavaliers as the name. He says, Cavaliers represent a group of daring, fearless men whose whose life pact was never surrendered, no matter what the odds. The winner of this contest was set to win season tickets. That ended up being Tomko. And so Jerry Tomko is the man who suggested Cavs because, again, they represent a group of daring, fearless men whose life pact was never surrender, no matter what the odds. Does that name Tomko sound familiar to you baseball fans? Brett Tomko pitched 397 games in the majors. He had two saves, 100 wins, a couple of shutouts, and he pitched 1,816 innings with 1,209 strikeouts, finishing 7th in the Rookie of the Year voting In 1997 with the Cincinnati Reds. So that is how the Cavaliers got their name. And that'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. I'm Zach Weiss. Check us out on Twitter at Across Cavs. And we will see you soon.